You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Pull the Wall. Hello my radio friends, I'm glad to be with you today. In this um, program today there will not be a break in the middle because there is a lot of information I wish to share with you. In a um, booklet that I received recently at a seminar program, this is what was said and I want to comment about this as the remainder of the program. It says, God is not bound by the cycles of time, yet from creation he ordained one day and seven for rest. In the law of Moses, God gave the Sabbath ordinance to Israel as a sign of his covenant. It was for the people's good, for rest, worship, and enjoying God's blessing. The Lord Jesus was born under the law so he could fulfill the law perfectly for us. Therefore, his death put an end to the legal demands of the law. Christians are not called to a legalistic attitude toward this one day in seven. However, we do well to honour this basic requirement of God to rest weekly from ordinary work and to reflect on his grace and truth. Many believers also find joy in following Jesus' example of doing works of mercy on this day. Christ rose from the dead on Sunday. Because believers have part in his resurrection, from the earliest days of the church, most Christians have set apart Sunday as part of the Lord's Day. Although Christians hold different positions about the Lord's Day, we can all agree that setting apart a particular day to worship God honours him and blesses us beyond all measure. Well, what does the Bible actually say? Yes, it is true that God is not bound by time or space. And that's made clear in 2 Peter 3, 8, where it says, With the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. But when God created the earth, he did ordain times. He set the day, evening and morning. He set the week, seven days. And he set apart the seventh day of the week as a day of rest. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. You see, although God is not bound by time, it was his doing that time exists. Not only did God choose to have the last day of the week as a rest day for mankind, but he himself rested. In addition to that, God blessed and sanctified the seventh day of the week. He did not bless and sanctify any other day. Do you think 
that God, having given this particular day preeminence, has removed that special preeminence and transferred it to all or one of the other days? In that case, if that was the case, God could be accused of vacillating, making a decision and then later backing away and change his mind. But God is not like that. In Malachi 3, 6, he speaks about himself and says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. And again in Hebrews 13, 8, we're told much the same. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Only a foolish or ignorant person would suggest that God changed his mind about which day he set aside as the day of rest. The part of the notes that I read to you at the beginning included this statement. It said, In the law of Moses, God gave the Sabbath ordinance to Israel as a sign of his covenant. It must be asked, Was the Sabbath command an ordinance? No, it was a law. An ordinance is more like a sub-law. More correctly, an ordinance refers to a ritual. You see, there is a definite demarcation in the Bible between what God's law, the Ten Commandments, is and the law of Moses. The Ten Commandments must never be called the law of Moses. The Ten Commandments are the moral law. The law of Moses is the ceremonial law, outlining procedures, rituals, to be followed in making offerings for forgiveness and so on. Let's examine a few biblical facts. We're talking now about the law of Moses which was also known as the ceremonial law. Firstly, it was written by Moses. That's Deuteronomy 31.9. It was written in a book, probably a scroll made out of leather. That's Deuteronomy 31.24. It was placed at the side of the ark. That's from Deuteronomy 31.26. It was called the book of the law. That's from Deuteronomy 31.26 also. It was called the Law of Moses, Malachi 4.14 and Acts 15.5. It came to an end at the cross, Colossians 2.14 and Hebrews 9 verses 10 and 11. It made nothing perfect, Hebrews 7.19. It pointed to the sacrifice of Christ, Colossians 2, verses 14 and 17. It was given in consequence of sin, Leviticus chapters 3 through to 7. It was nailed to the cross, Colossians 2, 14. It was a shadow of good things to come, Hebrews 10, 1. If it's kept now, it shows a lack of faith in Christ, Galatians 5, 2-5. It concerns material things, 
like meats, drinks, washings and rituals. And that's Hebrews 9.10. Now I want to share what the Bible says about the moral law, the Ten Commandments. First of all, they were spoken by God. Deuteronomy 4.12 and 13. They were written by God. Exodus 24.12. The commandments were written on tables of stone. Deuteronomy 10.1-4. It was called the royal law. James 2.8. It was placed inside the ark. Deuteronomy 10.5. Hebrews 9.4. 1 Kings 8.9 It was called the law of God. Psalms 1 verse 2 and Psalm 119 verse 1. It lasts forever. Psalms 111 verses 7 and 8. It is the perfect law. Psalms 19.7 Well, in saying that in the law of Moses God gave the Sabbath ordinance to Israel as a sign of his covenant is not true. The Sabbath was never part of the law of Moses. The Sabbath was part of the law of God. Now another question. Did Christ's death put an end to the legal requirements of the law? No. Christ's death admittedly did satisfy the legal demands of God's law, but it did not do away with the law. It was the ceremonial law, the law of Moses, that was abolished. Jesus, responding to a question, said, We must love God and love our neighbour as ourselves. In saying that, he was not replacing the law, He simply summarized it. At Christ's death, the new covenant came into being. Now people were under or controlled by grace instead of by the law. You see, before the cross, the people thought they could be saved by keeping the law. But because no one kept it perfectly, all failed. So God stepped in and provided a way to be saved through the sacrifice of himself in the person of Jesus Christ. It is ridiculous to say that the moral law, the Ten Commandments, which contain the Fourth Commandment about the Sabbath, has been abolished. If it was abolished, there would be no way to identify sin. 1 John 3, 4 says, Sin is the transgression or the breaking of the law. Given all many other statements made by the apostles Peter, Paul, John and James about the validity, the goodness, the permanency of the Ten Commandments, anyone would have to be completely naive or deceitful to suggest that the moral law, the Ten Commandments, was done away with. It's as simple as this. There has to be a moral code pointing out what sin is. If there is no moral code, there cannot be any sin. And if there's no sin, there's no need of a saviour.
And if there's no need of a saviour, then what Jesus did would have been a pitiful waste of time. And it's important not to miss what Revelation has to say about God's people, the saints. Revelation 14.12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. If God's law, the commandments, were abolished at the cross, why identify the saints as a commandment-keeping people? God's word has to make sense. And it doesn't make sense to say God's people keep the commandments if those abolish, if those commandments were abolished at Calvary. The plain, simple fact is God's law, the Ten Commandments, has never been abolished. Those who claim that at the cross the commandments were abolished just do not understand. The Apostle Paul writing some years after the crucifixion in Romans 3.31, says this, Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Keeping the law is not legalism, any more than keeping to the speed limit on the roads is legalism. Legalism is keeping the law in order to be saved. But that doesn't work. We keep the law because we are saved and we want to please God and do what is acceptable to him. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. So what's this business about worshipping God on any day of the week? Well, you can and should worship God every day of the week. There's no problem with that. But God did say and wrote it with his own finger on tables of stone as a permanent reminder about a specific day of worship regarding our responsibility and our love to him. He wrote that we should keep the seventh day Sabbath. He blessed and sanctified only that day. By going against what God explicitly has said dishonours him and is an insult to him. If a friend says to you, oh, would you mind, would you like to come to my place for my birthday party on August 11? And you arrive on January 1, have you honoured your friend? No, your friend would have been insulted. And just to follow up on this a bit further, in the Ten Commandments, God has instructed us not to commit adultery. But if you go and sleep around, what is this saying about how much you appreciate the Lord's sacrifice for you? It shows that you don't care about what God says and you don't care about him. It's the same about the day of worship, Saturday, the Lord's Sabbath. God said the seventh day of the week is the Sabbath. And should you say, no, it's not, God, 
You don't really mean that, do you? You put yourself in a very dangerous position. And yet, many people are prepared to put aside what God has said and replace it with their own ideas. Personally, I have no wish to be accused of considering my opinion of more worth than God's. And I have no wish to be accused of considering myself of greater importance than the God whom I serve. Yet that is the reality of those who put aside any of God's commandments. They set themselves up over God. There are at least seven Bible texts where the Lord calls the Sabbath my Sabbath. Here's one. This is from Ezekiel 20, verse 12. It says, Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me. Now, some people like to say that the Lord's Day is Sunday because Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week. But is it? Have a look at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2 and verse 28. The Lord's Day is the Sabbath. In this verse, Jesus said it himself, and these are his words, So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Matthew 12, verse 8 says the same, For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The first part of Isaiah 58, 13 leaves no doubt about which day is the Lord's Day. Spoken by God, the verse says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honourable, and shalt honour him. But isn't, isn't it an appropriate thing to go to church on Sunday to commemorate Jesus' resurrection? Well, that's sort of okay in one sense. But the Apostle Paul in Romans 6 states that baptism is the appropriate way to remember Christ's resurrection. This is what he says. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The short section of the article I wrote, uh, I read to you spoke of Jesus' example of doing good works on the Sabbath day. But we must not overlook what else Jesus did on the Sabbath. Luke 4.16 tells us this. He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. As was his custom means that it was his normal practice. Jesus provided us with an example, and if we do what Jesus did, we're on safe ground. Jesus spoke at length about keeping the commandments. If you look at Matthew 5, he tells about how people should observe them. In the light of that, 
if it was his intention to abolish them, he must have been crazy or confused to tell people how to keep the commandments and then to forget to tell them that all their efforts would be wasted because in a couple of years' time the commandments would disappear. Instead of saying that, that in the future the law would be abolished, he, speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem which happened in AD 70, told his followers to do this, pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath, and you'll find that in Matthew 24:20. Jerusalem fell 36 years after the cross. If the law was abolished at the cross, Jesus must have had a severe memory lapse to advise his followers to pray that they would not have to violate the Sabbath at a future time when escaping. And wasn't it extremely remiss of Jesus not to tell his followers that the Sabbath, with all the other Ten Commandments, would be abolished at the cross? How could he have overlooked something as important as that? What I read to you claims that from earliest times, the apostolic Christians kept Sunday as their holy day. But that is not true. The early apostolic Christians kept the seventh day Sabbath. First day, that is Sunday worship, came later when the Christians began to compromise with pagan practices. God has had his faithful people through all the ages. People who were prepared to give up their lives rather than compromise what they knew was right. Many of those people honoured God by keeping his Sabbath. They closely followed God's word without compromise. Sunday keeping is a compromise of truth, a compromise of loyalty to God. In my case, my own case, if God had said the seventh-day Sabbath was to be shifted to Sunday, I would be a Sunday keeper. But God did not say that there would be a change. That change was instituted by man. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the Sabbath observance was to be transferred to any other day. Like Martin Luther boldly announced in the Diet of Worms, I must serve God, and unless you can show me otherwise from the Scripture, that's where I must stand. I am answerable to God. He is my judge, and I intend to honour him. The Apostle Peter said, and it's recorded in Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than man. And that's what I choose to do. And I hope you're with me on that. Serve God. Do what he wants, and an everlasting reward awaits you. Man cannot give the reward that God has set aside for his faithful people. Sunday 
is not the Lord's day. Sunday is not to be the day of worship. Sunday has never been blessed and sanctified by God. Sunday is a counterfeit day of worship. Why don't you take a stand to do what God wants and not just blindly follow the crowd? I hope what I've shared with you today will help you to make the decision to do, not just believe what God wants. When God looks down from heaven at you, what does he see? Does he say to himself, This is my son or daughter who loves me. This is my son or daughter who obeys me. This is my son or daughter who has accepted the sacrifice of my son Jesus, who paid the death penalty on their behalf. This is my son or daughter who loves and respects others. In you, my son, my daughter, I'm well pleased. Or does he say something like this? You're my son or my daughter, yet you disobey me. You claim to love me, but you dishonour me and set yourself up as someone who knows better than I do. I'm not pleased with what you've done. You need to follow the instructions I've given you fully and not just partially. If you want to please me, obey me. So now, what will you do with all this information? Will you do what God has instructed in his word? Or will you simply follow the teachings of man? Remember this, and it's found in Galatians 6 verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, he will also reap. If you sow error, you will will reap the results of that error. I'll say that again. If you sow error, you will reap the results of that error. My friend, the Bible and the Bible alone must be the basis for your faith. Read it and study it for yourself. Otherwise you might be the victim of having the wool pulled over your eyes. We must stop. Until next time, I wish you joy and peace and hope and comfort as you honour God in your life.